This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. On our hotline right now. Morning, John. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm a. I needed the extra hour of sleep over the weekend. That is for sure. Uh, two pretty big games in Stillwater this weekend. Of course, the biggest game of the weekend, I think, is Stillwater versus Muskogee on Friday. And then you had some football game on campus Saturday afternoon, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm just playing. But uh, yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a really you know eventful 48 hours in the city limits of Stillwater, at least for this guy. Um, certainly Saturday. So yeah, I needed the extra, uh, the extra sleep and I, I took advantage of every, uh, every bit of the extra 60 minutes. You know what? You're right about the high school game though. That was a big game as well. Yeah. I screwed up the whole sleep thing. I ended up downstairs at five 30 in the morning and, and, and I, and I got up and I saw it and then I got, I saw the clock. I couldn't sleep anyway. So I just went on downstairs. So I messed that whole <laughs> thing up. All right. So do you know where the goalpost resides now? I know they threw it in the pond, but did you ever go get it or did anybody go get it? No, I, I truthfully, I was actually going to, uh, I've got to run a few errands before the Mike Gundy presser here at noon. And I was going to swing by the pond to see if it was still there. Um, because I truthfully have no idea. I, I did see that after they threw it into the pond, they like took an upright off of it and paraded that around Stillwater, like paraded as in actually like 10 to 15 people were carrying this around Stillwater. It started on the strip. I think they took it through a Wendy's drive through at one point, like, were about anywhere they could have taken this upright, they certainly did. <laughs> I think I know the drive through you're talking about is the one right off campus back to the yes, the yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> after an OSU game there back in '93, when I was their sideline guy, I had gone through the the uh, I was grabbed something to, to eat on the way home, and I went through the drive through there at that Wendy's, and as I pulled out, Pat Jones, the head coach at the time was pulling in with some friends, and he rolled the window down, and I don't know why he yelled this. He goes, you get you some chicken? <laughs> no, no, I'm at a hamburger place, Pat, but thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, I know right where you're talking about. All right, so one thing I want to, I want to point out, and I want to ask your opinion on it. After mm-hmm. Oklahoma beat Texas, many people said, look, that's your Super Bowl, and then if you look at them post-Texas, they've not been great. Now I think we're hearing, and I think we we're going to hear, look, don't make this your Super Bowl. You won Bedlam, that's a big deal. You have three games yeah. to go, and you have to win three to get to the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. Is there a danger of over-celebrating this and letting this carry too long? Yeah, there, you know, that, there's always that danger, for sure. And I, I think that is kind of what Mike Gundy talked to. He had a 10-minute, more specifically, he had a 9-minute and 58-second opening statement after the Bedlam win. Anybody who's been to a Mike Gundy press conference knows that is not traditional Mike Gundy. Um, so, you know, he, he had a lot of things that he wanted to get off of his chest. One of those being, you know, this win means absolutely nothing if we go to UCF and lay an egg. Um, but, you know, he kind of went on to say in that same breath, like, it is a lot easier to get the guys to calm down than it is for, you know, a situation like last year to get them back up when things aren't going well. Um, so yeah, I, you know, there's always that danger. Um, we'll, we'll certainly see when they go to UCF this Saturday. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's exactly right. And what he said after the game, excuse me, 
that if they go and and lose at UCF this week, you know, sure we celebrated Bedlam, right? But what does that mean in the grand scheme of things if we couldn't keep the ball rolling? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I mean does concern you, but you don't want to. You also don't want to rain on the parade. You, but that parade's got to end. Right. You have to move forward for Central right. Florida. Looking back at this one, certainly, I mean, we've been talking about it all morning. I think the end zone play was certainly interference. I think everybody in the world understands that. Doesn't yeah. doesn't yep. mean they would have scored. I mean, they would probably at least gotten three out of it. But uh, and that obviously in this game, twenty seven twenty four, that's a big deal. But we don't know how that was going to go. But that's not the only call. Things went here and there. When you look at the yeah. actual playing of the game, in your mind, what was the key? Um, I I really think it was the fact that OSU came out throwing the ball, and and that was always what Oklahoma's plan was defensively, right? Like Casey Dunn said it after the Cincinnati win. Everything starts with Ollie Gordon. If you want to beat Oklahoma State, it starts with Ollie Gordon. And Oklahoma, you know, if we're sitting here talking about it, I'm sure OU's coaching staff was sitting there talking about it. Um, and, and so we saw them have extra safeties creep down at times, have different people in the box to try and slow down Ollie Gordon. And it seems like this was a part of the early script that Casey Dunn was like, okay, you want to force Alan Bowman to beat you? He's going to. Um, you know, he didn't throw a touchdown, but he was he he was uh, twenty eight of forty two, three thirty four. Um, they got him and Rashad Owens going on that first drive. I think he had five or six catches after the first two drives for OSU, and that that was it to me. It, it was that moment, those early stages of the first quarter was OSU saying, okay, you want to try and take away Ollie Gordon? We're not – like, we can still beat you through the air. And then, obviously, once once they realized that Rashad Owens was going, that they were willing to pass the ball against their defense, well, then you have to creep those safeties back, and yeah. then you hand it to Ollie Gordon, and then everything just kind of plays off of each other. So that, that was really the key to me, is that not once did OSU really get out of its box you know, I, I guess to steal that from Mike Gundy and what he said mm-hmm. last Monday. Um, and, and that was really what it boiled down to for me. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. that they And he said that, too. They they stayed true to who they are. Now, they missed a couple of fourth downs, which I was surprised by. Yeah. But I, I didn't love the calls on either one of them either, quite honestly. But I, under, I understand why it happened. It's 847, Blitz 1170. A couple more minutes here with John Walker, our OSU insider after OU Oklahoma State. Or Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, pardon me, after Bedlam, stupid. Just say that, Rick. I'm Rick Corey, <laughs> and here's the guy who can talk, Bryce. John, one of my biggest concerns going into the game was uh, the big play that Oklahoma State can give up, mm-hmm. um, you know, game in and game out. And, and they did with Gavin Sawchuk there on OU's first possession. But mm-hmm. I was very concerned about Dylan Gabriel's ability to throw the deep ball and, and how many times OU could succeed on that in the first half and if OSU would be able to come back from it. Uh, but the defensive backs for OSU uh, all, all played very well and were able to kind of combat it for the most part. What are your thoughts on OSU's defense overall? Yeah, so I was I was shooting photos throughout the game as well. So I was on the field, which wild experience for this type of game, right? And so the first I, I will I will remember that this one's like burned in my brain from Saturday. If I'm standing in the east end zone, and Dylan Gabriel takes that shot down the OU sideline, and 
uh, Cam Smith like dives at the last second and knocks it away. And as that ball's in the air, I'm like, here it is. Like here, here we go. Right? Like they're they're gonna get rolling deep. And no, he, like I said, he, Cam Smith dives, knocks that ball away last second. And then they took a couple of more deep shots and in, in they to no avail. Um, that was my biggest concern as well. I was like, man, we have seen broken plays, designed deep shots, absolutely torch this OSU secondary up till this point. And credit to Brian Nardo, credit to the secondary. They, they did not really let that happen. Uh, they did at certain points, you know, um, I, I really liked Jeff Levy's play designs at points to get Drake Stoops the ball. I think back to the corner in the third quarter, I think, um, on like a third and long. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really, really impressed with OSU's ability to not get burnt over the top because that's been the, the defense's Achilles heel up to this point. My one thought about Jeff Lebby is why didn't you just keep handing the ball off? They were running it very well early, and Dylan yeah. had some yeah. success, not as much as he'd had early in the year, especially against, say, Texas, but he had some success. Why didn't they keep running the football? Did that surprise you? Yeah, no, it, it really did, especially after Chuck broke that one off. I mean, he had they, – they averaged 5.5 a carry. And I know the 64-yarder from Sawchuck is obviously going to play a big part in that, but we look at Tawee, Tawee, Tawee. I never know. Tawee. Uh, Tawee Walker. I mean, he had eight for 59 in a touchdown. Average 7.4 a carry, and he didn't break off a 64-yarder. And so, yeah, I was I was pretty surprised. Um, I wonder if they felt like they just didn't have the time to get back in the game, which sounds really, really weird in a one-score game, right? Mm-hmm. It does. But I wonder if they – I wonder if they just didn't think they had the time because of OSU's willingness and ability to run the ball. Maybe so. And with the new clock rules, you know, you, you just kind of drain a lot more than you traditionally would have. So I, I don't know, but I was surprised that they didn't keep in at all. You've been around this team and way more than any of us have or any, any of us over here. Do they have what it takes intestinally to not over-celebrate this and to focus mm-hmm. in on now Houston UCF first, which is not going to be easy. This is space day no. down there. Those kids are going to jump up and down on those sheet metal st- mm-hmm. fan stands. It's going to be loud, ridiculously loud, um, and this is a big deal for them. Now, I understand it's UCF and they're not great. Gus is going to come up with something. Then you go to Houston, should be simple enough to win, and a, a, a decent BYU team who can throw it comes in at the end of the year. Do they have what it takes to, to focus through these last three? I, I will I will say this because I got asked the same question yesterday. If that South Alabama loss, funny, this is full circle, right? If that South Alabama loss did not tell them that absolutely anything can happen, mm-hmm. if you do not come into a game with your eyes open, I don't know what will. Yeah. Um, so so I, I would hope that sitting there at 2-2 two and two, entering the bye week, a heartbreaking loss in Ames, a crushing loss at home to South Alabama, I would hope all of those things that they went through early in the season made them realize some of these things. And if so, um, my cat is hollering in the back. I don't know if you can hear him. He's got a pretty strong opinion on this one. Uh, if so, you know, I, I really think that they have the, the, the pieces to. Um, but, yeah, man, I, it's always tough, right? Like when you only have – 20 all-time wins over your in-state rival 
you're going to celebrate them. The the question is how quickly can you can you get over that? Mm-hmm. You can go back at the end of the year and say, ah, we you know we got the last laugh, whatever. Can you do that right now? Can you do that this week? And then can you do it the next week yeah. and the next week that's, and before you get to Arlington? Yeah, that's that's the hard part. But Coach Gundy, I know we'll try to get him to do that. Uh, we got to run here, for but sure. quickly, what are you writing for the uh, uh, the news press? Um, yeah, we got a. I I truthfully don't know yet. I truthfully <laughs> have no idea. We'll we'll have a uh, we'll have a pretty chaotic day. It's the first day of basketball season. Right. Um, have the Gundy presser. Have a basketball doubleheader in GIA tonight. So. I'll find something, man. <laughs> that I imagine. John, thanks <laughs> thanks for your time and tell your cat we said hello. It is thanks, 850- Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.